Amen. I want to take as my text this evening uh, the well-known words of Hebrews chapter 9 and the verse 27. Hebrews chapter 9 and the verse 27, it reads, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. In the last 10 days or so, we have been engulfed in this land with reports concerning the passing of Queen Elizabeth II. And we've heard about the furious details regarding her lying in state over there in London and also for her funeral, which is scheduled for tomorrow. The newspapers and the various news broadcasters have been focusing much of their attention on this particular event And they have been highlighting the historical significance of it. Indeed, it is a significant period, a significant moment in the history of our nation. But such reports have also brought to our attention and to our mind the inevitability and the certainty of death. There is much in life that is uncertain and may easily change from day to day. And we are reminded of the words of Proverbs chapter 27 in the verse 1, where it says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. We are reminded of those words when we think of the uncertainty of life. And even we think back to uh, the beginning of 2020. And I remember whenever I started college in September 2019, I never thought that I wouldn't have finished my first year uh, in normal circumstances. But come March 2020, we entered into the COVID pandemic and the world really turned upside down. And I remember around the February, uh, my mom had said to me, this COVID in China seems quite serious and there's talk that they're going to shut everything down. And I remember sitting thinking, not a chance that doesn't happen. But yet, it did happen. And it shows how there are things that can easily change from day to day. And it reminds us of those words of Proverbs 27, verse 1. But tonight, whilst we look out at this world and we see so much that is uncertain, so much that's unstable, so many things that can change and and change in in a moment, there's one thing in life that is certain. And that is that death will come to us all. In 2 Samuel chapter 14 and the verse 14, uh, there was someone spoke to King David and she said these words. She said, for we must needs die. The Bible teaches us that death is certain and that death will come to us all. There are some of us who will live a long life and we will see a great age like Her Majesty the Queen. She lived to an age, if memory's right, I think it was 96. But there are others who will not see such a long life. There are some who may become kings and queens, presidents and prime ministers and hold important positions in society. But there will be others who may not reach such lofty positions and they will take their place among the rank and file of society. But one thing is certain to them all and that is that in due time, No matter who they are or what they do, death will come. There is no escape from death. It is something that man, no matter what he tries to do, it will catch him eventually. 
You know, the word of God, it speaks to us much about the subject of death. And one of the most well-known verses on this subject is the text that we want to consider this evening. So tonight, looking at our text in Hebrews chapter 9, I want to consider a few thoughts on the subject of death. And firstly, we see the reality of death. You may think tonight that it's unnecessary to state the reality of death. You might think that it's unnecessary to highlight this reality. But when we consider how many people in this world, they spend their lives, they spend their time with no thought of tomorrow. They live a life as though they will live forever. They have the attitude of the rich farmer in Luke chapter 12 who said, Soul, thou hast much good laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. To that rich farmer, that's all there was in life. He had no thought of eternity. He had no thought of the day when he would depart this earth. He just lived for the here and now. Let me ask tonight, is that how you're living your life? Are you living a life of sin and pleasure with no thought for the things of God? You indulge in all the wickedness, in all the worldliness, in all the immorality of the day, and the reality of death is just something that you shut out. You think, well, that just won't happen to me. Often in life, we can read things perhaps in a newspaper. Perhaps we see some event or some tragedy, and we think, well, that just wouldn't happen to me. But these things can happen, and when it comes to death, death will come to us all. Oh, you may not want to know. You may want to shut it out of your mind. And you might think it's a taboo subject that you don't want to discuss. You will say, I don't want to be reminded uh, that I have a limited time on this earth. You don't want to be reminded uh, that your life is as a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. But it's our duty tonight to tell you about the reality of death. To tell you that there is a day coming when you will depart this world and you will be ushered into God's eternity. There is a day coming when you will die. There is an appointed day for you and for each one of us here tonight to die. You say, well, how can we prove this? Well, we could take what we could call secular proof. And we could say, take a walk down to any graveyard or cemetery and you'll see uh, the rows upon rows of gravestones that silently speak to us about the reality of death. You could look at the obituaries in the newspapers or online and they will show us that death is not a figment of the imagination but that it is real. But it is far better to look at the scriptural proof because when we consider the scriptural proof about the reality of death, we see the cause of death. If we look at Genesis and the chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2 and the verse 16. Genesis chapter 2 and the verse 16. It says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But then note the words of verse 17. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Adam was given a prohibition. He was told that he was not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he was told that if he did eat of that tree, if he disobeyed the command of God, he was told that he would die. 
Sadly, we have to say that Adam did eat off that tree. He was deceived by the devil. He was deceived by the serpent. And he took of that fruit. And as a result, death entered the world as a consequence of his disobedience to God. There were Romans chapter 5. And the verse 12 is a reference that that tells us that. It says, Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. When Adam sinned, he brought death upon not just himself, but upon his descendants, and that includes you and me tonight. We are descended from Adam and as a consequence of his disobedience to God, we will face death. The cause of death is sin and all men are born sinners and thus they will die. The Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death. It tells us that sin when it is finished bringeth forth death. It tells us that the soul that sinneth, it shall die. Bible tells us so clearly that sin results in death. And we could really describe death in three ways. There's physical death, uh, where a man will die. There's a separation of the body and of the soul. There's that day when an individual's life will cease to exist physically on the earth. But there's also spiritual death. That refers to separation from God. Because following the fall, Adam had lost his communion with God. He was now dead in trespasses and sins. But then there's also eternal death. Eternal death is the separation of body and soul eternally from the presence of the Lord. Tonight, I tell you, take note of the reality of death. Oh, you may not want to think about it. You might not want to consider what will happen uh, when you pass from this world. But the reality is that there will be a day when each one of us will depart this world. There will be that day when we die and pass into God's eternity. And Genesis chapter 5 contains a record of a number of individuals. And there's a phrase that's used in this chapter and it's used of various individuals with the exception of Enoch who was taken directly into heaven by the Lord. That phrase is, and he died. And he died. We look at Genesis 5 verse 5. It says, and all the days that Adam lived were 930 years and he died. The same is said about Seth. In verse 8, and all the days of Seth were 912 years, and he died. And that carries on for the other characters in this particular chapter. But you know, someday that phrase will apply to you. Someday that phrase will be able to be said about you, that you have died. Let me ask, will you die in your sins? Will you die as a Christ rejecter? Will you die as one who's heard the gospel but never repented of your sin and turned to Christ for his salvation? Or will you die as one who has received Christ as your Savior? You have trusted in him. You have called upon him. You have been saved by his precious blood. And you know that you're on the road to heaven. We've seen the reality of death. 
But then secondly, we come and we note the singularity of death. Our text, it tells us, yeah, it says, And as it is appointed unto men once to die. When a man dies physically, he only dies once. And this is a general rule, but we must mention that there are some biblical exceptions to it. Because in Scripture, there are some individuals who die twice. And we can think of men such as Lazarus and such characters who were raised from the dead. Those men, they later died a second time. They were exceptions to the rule. Another group are those who never died at all. And in this group, we include Enoch, who we mentioned a moment ago, and also the faithful prophet Elijah, who was taken up to heaven in the chariot of fire. Excluding these individuals, however, every man dies once. He doesn't die twice. He doesn't die three times. He only dies once. And there is an appointed time for every man to die. Once he has died, his life on this world is over. His time on earth is done. He can no longer go to his place of employment and work. He can no longer spend the money that he has earned through his working life. He can no longer enjoy the pleasures of the world. He can no longer try to fulfill and carry out the plans that he has for his life. No. He also can no longer come and sit in the house of God under the preaching of the gospel. He can no longer repent of his sin and turn to Christ for salvation. You know, we think of the words of Mark 8. And the verse 36 says, For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Oh, it may be good to have all the riches of the day. It may be good to have a healthy bank balance and a nice house and a fancy car. But my friend, if you're not right with the Lord, it will mean nothing. You, can, you come into this world with nothing. You come into this world born as a sinner. And when we leave this world, we will leave it with nothing, but we will either leave it as a sinner or one who's been saved by the grace of God. You know, when we think of how that when it comes to death, every man dies once and there's no opportunity for salvation after death, it highlights the importance of coming to Christ now. When death comes, it is the end of life. There's a full stop, as it were, put at the end of your life. It's the end of the chapter. It's the end of the book. The book is closed. It shows that there's great urgency needed in heeding the gospel call because after death, it is too late. The moment that you pass from this world, you will not get a second chance. You will not get another opportunity to repent of your sin. You cannot repent after death, 2 Corinthians and the chapter 6 and the verse 2, the last part of that verse, it says, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. You know, those words are so true. Because we, we don't know what a day will bring forth. We don't know what tomorrow will bring. But today you're hearing the word of the Lord. You're hearing the gospel proclaimed. You're being told that you need to call upon the name of Christ to save you. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to call on the name of the Lord. Oh, there's danger, there's death and delay. 
Many have said that they'll turn to Christ someday, perhaps maybe when they've enjoyed life and they get to an old age. But that day never comes. Many have sought to dither and delay. They've lived their life and they have died rejecting Christ. It's a terrible mistake to make for death is ruthless. We think of how the manner of death may be unexpected. And there are some who pass from this world and their death has been expected. It's been expected due to illnesses or other circumstances. But I must make clear tonight that that is not always the case. Many a person, both young and old, has been ushered out into God's eternity unexpectedly. Many a person has lost their lives in the most tragic of circumstances. I think back a couple of years before I uh, went to Bible college uh, back where I live in Portadown. Uh, just down the road from my house, there was uh, a car accident and a young man around the, the, the same age as me, he tragically lost his life. There was an accident in the early hours of the morning. There was a young man back then, I think was, I was probably around 19 or 20. And he was around the same age. We had had the same driving instructor. And yet he was taken out into God's eternity at such a young age. There's many other examples that we could mention. We think of the great preacher, Robert Murray McShane, the minister of St. Peter's Church in Dundee in Scotland. He was a great faithful man of God. And he penned that great hymn, Jehovah said, can you? But yet it was at the age of around 29 when he passed from this world into God's eternity. He didn't see old age. He didn't see retirement. No, he was taken out into God's eternity at the age of only 29. You know, David, in 1 Samuel, he said that there is but a step between me and death. And those words really could apply to all of us. In that context, David's life was under threat from King Saul. And it was only because the Lord was preserving and was protecting him uh, that his life was preserved. The Lord's hand was upon him. But yet he recognized the peril that he was in. He recognized there was a step between him and death. Despite being a young man, he recognized that death could quickly overtake him. You know, youth is no guarantee of time to repent. Just because you're young tonight, that doesn't mean that you will have 10, 20, 30, 40 or more years to repent. This might be your final opportunity. This might be your last opportunity to get right with the Lord. The moment of death, it may be unexpected. We do not know the timing of our passing. Now only the Lord knows such matter. He knows the day, the hour, uh, the second of our appointed death. But it's something that we mere mortals, we do not know. We cannot be sure of how long we will live. When we think of that in light of such uncertainty, is it not essential that we get right with God? It is, not, is it not essential that you get right with God? You may say, I'll wait until my deathbed. I'll wait until I'm lying there and the doctors say, there, you're on your deathbed. You have a couple of days left and I'll get right with the Lord then. But scripture, if my memory's correct, only tells us of one deathbed conversion. It's not the norm. Are you going, are you really thinking that that's a good idea to take the chance? 
Or is that a risk that you think is worth taking? You've been presented with the gospel. You've been told of your sinful state. You've been told of your need of salvation. And you've been told that you need to call on Christ. I implore you tonight, call upon him now. Call upon him while he may be found. Come to him now. Because you know, once our appointed time comes, once our time to die comes, once that appointed time for men to die, that's it. There's no opportunity to repent after that. There's no opportunity to come to the Lord. Oh, you might be like the rich man and the, uh, who, who, whenever he lifted up his eyes, being in hell, he was in torments. You might see and think, why? And you'd be thinking, why did I not listen? But it will be too late. It will be too late. And that brings me, thirdly and finally this evening, to my final point, which is the solemnity of death. Because our text the last phrase of her text, it says, but after this, the judgment. We see that death is not the end. Those words, but after this, show that there is something that happens after death. You know, there's those and they claim that after death, the soul is annihilated and that it's destroyed. Others claim that the soul enters into what they call soul sleep. But neither of these are supported by Scripture. This very text denies them and it tells us very clearly death is not the end. Death is not the end of the line for the individual. Rather, after death, there is an examination. There is a judgment and the individual will face judgment. They will stand at that judgment bar and they will give account for themselves. They will have their deeds examined and they will be weighed in the balances. But then there will be a sentence that is proclaimed. Because when the evidence is examined, the same way in one of our courts of law, the evidence is examined, then a sentence is issued. That sentence, it will be heaven or hell. It will be joy or judgment. It will be bliss or banishment or happiness or horrors past imagination. What sentence will be yours tonight? If you were to pass into God's eternity this evening, would you be told at that judgment bar, well done thou good and faithful servant? Would you be received into heaven with much rejoicing? Or would it be, depart from me, I never knew you? Tonight I tell you, if you have been saved by the grace of God, if you have repented of your sin and followed Christ, after death you will go to heaven and you will be with the Lord forever. You will go to that place of splendor. You will go to that place of perfection. That place where there's no night. That place where uh, there's no darkness. There's no tears. There's no sorrow. You know it's a great comfort for the believer. Because when he knows that he is bound for that heavenly city at the end of his time on earth. He knows that he has nothing to fear from death. I believe it was the great Methodist preacher of the Great Awakening in the 1700s, John Wesley, who was able to say regarding his people uh, that his people died well. They had no fear. They were not afraid when it came to death. Why was that? It was because their faith was in Christ. They had assurance of salvation and they knew that when they passed from this world to the next, they were going to be with the Lord. On the other hand, whoever, I have to be honest. And I have to tell you that if you're outside of Christ, 
If you're unsaved, if you're still living in your sin, you have no share in such wondrous comfort. If a man dies without receiving the salvation that was procured and purchased by Christ on the cross at Calvary, if a man dies as a Christ rejecter, he is lost and he will spend eternity in hell forever. It's a sobering and a solemn thought for when we think of this land of Ulster, there are many who are tramping down that road slowly. They are tramping down that road that leads to a lost eternity in hell without a cur for their souls. But let me ask about you tonight. Are you one of them? Do you have no cur for your soul? Maybe you hear the preaching of the word and you think, you know, that preacher is saying what the Bible teaches. But why won't you call on Christ? You maybe know that that, that there is that day of judgment coming. You know that you will, it will be said you heard the gospel, but you haven't responded. You haven't heard it. You have rejected it. Why? Why? My friend, will you not turn from your sin? Will you not forsake your sin and turn to Christ? He is the only one who can save you. The Lord, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He is the only way of salvation. Will you not call on him this evening? As we close, let me ask a question. Let me ask you, are you ready to die? If tonight was to be your last night on earth, can you honestly say, I am not fearful? Can you honestly say, I have nothing to fear, for I have been saved by the blood of Christ. I know that my sins have been washed away and I'm bound for the heavenly city. Can you say that this evening? Or do you know, deep down in your heart, that you are not ready to die? Do you know that if you died tonight, that you would be lost in hell forever? If that describes you, I implore you in the words of the hymn writer, to come to the Savior, make no delay. You know, the Lord has shown us how we can be saved in his word, in the word of God, in the Bible. That is what we preach. My friend, will you not call? Will you not come to the Savior? If you come to the Savior, he has said that he will save you. He will not cast you out. And then when it comes to death, you need not fear. Why? Because it will be absent from the body and present with the Lord. When it comes to that great examination, when it comes to that judgment that we read off in Hebrews 9, you may be accused of all sorts of vile sins, but you will be exonerated because you have been saved by the blood of Christ, because Christ has shed his precious, incorruptible blood for you, and that you have been clothed in his righteousness, and you will be declared righteous in the sight of God. He has died for you. He has given his life for you. And you will be accepted as one of his own. But you have to call. You have to call on him. Whenever the apostle Paul was in the jail in Philippi, the Philippian jailer came into the prison cell after the earthquake took place. And he, he shouted, I said this question. He says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? The apostle Paul said back to him, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. My friends, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ tonight, if you trust in him for your salvation, you need not fear death. It's a serious and a solemn matter. But yet if you're saved by the blood of Christ, 
you can rejoice because you will know that when the day comes for you to pass from this world, it will be absent from the body and present with the Lord. May the Lord bless his word to our hearts for his name's sake. We're going to close with a hymn, the hymn 599, hymn 599, and it's a hymn that does tie in very well with our message this evening. There are loved ones in the glory whose dear forms you often miss when you close your earthly story. Will you join them in their bliss? The hymn 599.